Hey, happy Tuesday, and welcome back to the Airport Minute, where Monday through Friday we recount the 137 minutes of the greatest disaster movie ever made, in, in our opinion at least, Airport from 1970, directed by George Seaton. I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm your other host, Mark Cerulli of CovertOps.tv. And once again, we've got Mr. Brett Stillo with us. Hello, Brett. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that I, I am leaping headfirst into the uh, into the podcast game, The Minute Movie, with uh, Five Minutes of Trouble. Uh, a, a Get this, a weekly five-minute recap of Big Trouble in Little China. So uh, that would oh. be Josh Horowitz. So look for five minutes of trouble that is stunning it's uh worth catching a beer bottle in your hand for oh, yeah. so uh that's uh now when when are you expecting to have that uh, on uh, published well let's see it's uh we are hoping to have that online uh by i'd say at this point mid to late september so this will it'll probably be possibly be in conjunction with my appearances here so just look for uh five minutes of trouble.com also okay and we'll have a, we'll have a link to it on this on this week's episode just so that people can uh, track it down. Oh, but, uh, and uh, I got to tell you, great uh, turn on the uh, Indiana Jones minute. I've been listening to you, and it's uh, really good on that show. So if uh, folks are looking for some more Brett Silo out there, uh, check out the Indiana Jones minutes. And now I've forgotten what the minutes were. It's in the, in the 60s, I uh, think. That's minute 76, in fact. 76. There we are. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's a great, great timing and a lot about the flying wing. Ah, so, the flying uh, wing. Don't get me started. Seven oh sevens right now. Yeah, that's right. We're back. We're back with planes with fuselages and tails. Right now, we are in uh, minute forty-two, and uh, good old Joe and Mel are climbing into the Melmobile to go solve yet another one of Mel's peccadilloes. They're heading out, and we watch them drive off. But uh, actually, the uh, the action leaves Mel and uh, Mel and Joe, and we're over to the uh, that great old Greyhound bus there, mm. that, or it's a TGA, TGA bus, which, uh, from what I understand, was still in act. It, it was still an active service. It's an actual um, Minneapolis-St. Paul uh, crew bus that they used until the late '80s. Wow, got a lot of service, and it's you know it's here in its heyday, where all those uh, flight attendants are coming out in their wonderful Edith Head design suits, which. <laughs> Look like uh, to me, they look like uh, gray sleeping bags yeah. that they put zippers on. Yeah. I, I, uh, I thought of, like they were sort of powder blue Princess Leah hoods. <laughs> okay, yes, or maybe Jedi short, short, shortened Jedi robe. Yeah, yeah. There was there definitely there was a, a little bit of a science fiction jump there, but it was it was the very mod, you know, nineteen seventies. So and matching yeah, gray it, suitcases, which I looks very. I mean, if you know, we've all owned Samsonite of yeah. that era. And that looks like they got a couple of cans of Krylon and just made sure they were all the same color silver. Mm. Um, I don't think that was a stock issue. But uh, the guy, you know, the flight attendant or the stewardesses at the time uh, get on, and the pilots, if you notice, are very accurately represented with a in their left hand they're carrying their suitcase, and in the right hand they're carrying their Jepson flight guides. It's nice to see some technical information that you know these guys would carry the approach plates for all the different airlines that they were. They were flying, and they, they usually carried them in that rather squared-off box that uh, is most prominent with, uh, I think you can see Gary Collins carrying one. The football. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, so they each, they each know how to get into the, into the particular runways when they're, when they're trying to find out what the uh, uh, radio frequencies are for a particular airport and what the, uh, you know, what the distance of the airline, uh, uh, runways are. Uh, interesting to, to see that they, they caught those little details and managed to leave them in the... Uh, in the pl- in the movie, we're watching uh, all the all the flight attendants getting on and 
they're talking about how they're going to be above all the snow in a couple of minutes. And Dean is uh, saying that it's sunny in Italy. And Jacqueline Bissett tells him that he, she doesn't have a thing to wear. But we know better than that because we saw her packing that what looked like a tablecloth. I don't know what that <laughs> lace curtains or something. She was she was all set. So uh, I guess I guess she didn't realize she was flying to Rome. That Rome has a little bit different weather than uh, yeah. northern uh, Illinois. Rome, New York. She thought she was flying to. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look at the detail, I mean, that's got her hood has a, a leather uh, border. I mean, Edith Head just went all out. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it really is amazing. And you know, somewhere in Universal Studios, or maybe some somewhere uh, somebody's <laughs> you know, wearing shop, that right now, oh. or, or somebody's got it in a uh, display case. It's uh, it is an amazing look. I mean, all these. I, I don't know how much Edith Head had uh you know control of the background characters and things like that i think just maybe picking out the colors but this is this is all the foreground stuff that she worked on heavily and it it does seem to be in keeping with what the fashions are back at the time if you go into any uh air and space museum you can see uh people had donated the braniff look and the psa look and a lot of different uh if you go to the san diego air and space museum they've got a, a great selection of psa uh, mid-70s uh, flight attendant uniforms, and they are <laughs> just as over-the-top yeah. as, as these are. They're like, they're like you know, they, they, they look like, like they came from Nichelle Nichols' closet. Exactly, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, that, that's why people came and watched these movies, to see some of the costumes and see how, uh, you know, what the fashions were. So this is, this is how you're supposed to look in 1970, and you happen to uh, hand out drinks on an airplane. Um. So we, we finished getting. Then we have Joe getting, in full TWA regalia. Yeah, which um, yeah, which I always I, loved I wonder, that logo. Did you like that logo? Oh yeah, yeah. This is uh, in fact you you. I'm glad you brought up the TWA logo because you know this is the great era of the you know the classic airline logos. You know TWA and you know Pan Am Globe. That's about as good as it gets. You know there was that you know the United U and you know it was a it was a great. You know, air, you know, every air, airline had its identity. The one airline logo that I personally can't stand is Transglobal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it looks like something that should be on like a jar of uh, Maybelline cold cream yeah, or something, or it, a it, soda can or something like that. It's it. I, I, this is a good looking movie on all aspects, but whoever the production designer that came up with that logo, that's bad i mean saul bass would slap that person hmm. oh yeah yeah this is not raymond lowey didn't have anything to do with no. it it was you know no. and and you would have thought they would have picked up on i think uh american was just changing over to that helvetic uh, a and uh you know the modern look would have been and this is just kind of too frivolous even yeah. you know even brand of having that it- italic look um, it is a shame that that is the weak point in the it's, set. Think design. about the number of meetings and conversations they had for that, you know, to to approve that. You know, nobody just came up with it on their own and then just hey, here we go. This is the TGA logo. I mean, I, I bet the director must have approved it, no doubt. Yeah, it it must have gone somewhere, but nobody bothered asking. You know, or or what they could have done to save this whole thing was take the top ten. Uh, airline company logos, put them next right. to each other, and then look at Transglobal and say, "What's wh- one of these things is not like the other?" Yeah, again, a you know, a ten minute phone call to Saul Bass. Yeah, you know, Saul, what would you do? Well, you know, just bam, hey, how's this? 
cocktail napkin. Boom. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're all in agreement that we love this movie, but we hate this logo because it's our airline, you know? Yeah. We love TGA. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You could argue that it's 1970. They're trying to modernize and they're trying to pick on the youth market. And they, you know, like this is the brand new 1970 logo that replaced the classic post-war TGA logo that was chrome and I yeah, tr- yeah. Tr- Transglobal could have looked like the old, like the 1930s Universal logo, and had the word "Transglobal" going around the back of a globe. Exactly, which would have been great. I mean, that would have been fantastic. But yeah, I, I do like half the logo. I do like that background, that that uh, hyperbolic curve that yes. that they have, and 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 that part is just spot on. Yeah. But the the font and the the size, it doesn't. You know, it's a it's a lowercase g, and it doesn't have a descender, and it's just uh, a mess. Long. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, like I said, how we just like, you know, it's a it's a real sticking point with us that you know that's not an airline logo. No, no, and yeah, and everything else that they've got on the aircraft looks looks just fine. Yeah. I mean, that that big cheat line that goes across the the length of the fuselage around. I mean, that is classic. You'd see that on Pan Am would have had it. Eastern loved that kind of stuff, but yeah, they just didn't didn't pick up the cue. Again, we're in a G rated movie, but. Uh, uh, George manages to sneak in that I'll get this mother out of here. It just sounds it sounds bad, but it's still uh, uh, calm for family audiences. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're back at the Melmobile, and he's uh, telling him what to do and go get the uh, uh, get me my cigars. Damn it, get my, give me my cigars and you know be ready to go. And he's got his shovel, and, man. He's ready. He is. He, I mean, he smacks the guy in the shins. Yeah. <laughs> There's a new sheriff in town. Yeah. 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 Again, this is like, you know, this is like wartime. This is this is battlefield conditions. Yeah, um, this is the Battle of Bulge here. Yeah. You know, the Germans are coming. And Joe's, you know, I mean, he's like the classic sergeant. He's got the cigar that he's chomping on. And he's like, what's the matter with you guys? You're standing around? It's yeah, like, hit the deck. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, Mitchum on, uh, on Omaha Beach in the longest day. You know, you want to live? Let's move. Yeah. And, uh, but I keep cracking up that, like... You know, he's like yelling at this guy's, you know, work harder. What's the matter with you? And like, I'm thinking, hey, Joe, I'm, I'm here because I'm getting double overtime. Okay. You know? Wow. Yeah. You know, and I, I keep, I'm watching that set. Uh, they go from, uh, they go from the scene, the close up with, uh, with Mel and, and Joe, and they're talking in front of the car and it's snowing. And then they do that really almost invisible uh, cut to the next scene where he's walking under the, under the wing. And I'm, I'm wondering, is that shot? At Minneapolis, is that a location shot, or is that a? Uh, I guess it is a location shot. It's just very well lit. You know, he's selling it good, but yeah. I, it, it. This is such a seamless movie where they go from studio to uh, location. It's it's hard to tell between the two. Um, I, although I can't imagine them rolling a, a seven oh seven or building that much of a seven oh seven to make this uh, this part of the film. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That landing gear looks pretty. Yeah. Fantastic. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to side with you. But yeah, it's it's you know a good lighting guy. Uh, can can truly mystify you. And look yeah, at that. They, they have a, a covering, that yellow... Uh, I was trying to figure out what that was, but I guess it's to protect the engine from uh, the snow while people. it's on the ground. Well, it's to protect them from people. If, mm. you're, if it suddenly compresses, you're going to get sucked right through, right, through there. Right. Uh, also, a good view of... That's a, a, a JT3 engine, and that little, uh, that little port on the top is what... Uh, com- that's a compressor that provides air pressurization for the uh, passenger compartment. So it's a uh, nice, it's a little bit old, <laughs> old school, but it's uh, 
They used to, I don't know about other airlines, but I know American used to put, they, they only used the inboard ones. The number two and the number three engines were used to pressurize the cabin. And they didn't have those, uh, com- those compressors sitting on top of the outboards, the one and four engines. But they, American used to put like fake ones on top of their one and fours just so that people didn't ask, well, why is that engine different? <laughs> it was a prop that they, they would funny. add on their jets just to make it uh, look you know, symmetrical. We're coming up uh, where he, you know, he's banging on, banging on the door, telling everybody to get out. As a matter of fact, now I do know that this is a location because that's yet another one that that school bus, that blue school bus, is a real Northwest crew bus that uh, Northwest used up in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, I had someone else tell me that 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 was used into the late '80s, where they just bring maintenance crews out to uh, to work the fields. And, it, you know, it's a real problem. And you think every day somebody on that bus said, hey, you know, this was in the movie airport. <laughs> <laughs> there's a plaque. Maybe, maybe there's a little plaque over the front yeah. door. The George Kennedy Memorial uh, School Bus. But uh, great, great scene. And, you know, the, the combination of acting, cinematography, even the sound sells this. The whole thing is very realistic. You feel that you're part of the, you, you feel this is actually happening. This is not like, you know, this is in the set. This, this is the next part of the script that actually digs you in. The only guy overacting, I think, is the one that he hits in the shins with, <laughs> with, the, uh, with the shovel. That's a little bit of a, I wonder if he's the same guy that was uh, vacuuming when uh, Burt Lancaster was changing out of his tux mm, at the beginning. Right. Of the movie. Just, <laughs> do, not look at the, do not look at the talent. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, so we finish up with, uh, uh, George Kennedy getting hey, like, his listen, juice on we're here. out of the executive lounge, so that's all I care that, about. That's true. We're <laughs> down here. We're down here with the troops. It's a it's a great one. Anyway, the very good minute. I think you know. I know we're we're only in the middle of the week, but Brett, I was wondering how does this you, you now you've watched this movie for the first time in a while. Yeah. Does does it hold up for you when you're watching the movie? Do you do you feel the same feelings that you felt when you first saw this? Film? Actually, I think it, it it awakens a lot of other emotions and thoughts and memories and uh you know it's kind of like watching it for the first time you know i can definitely remember as a kid watching it you know after school or when it was on you know on network tv and it was just it was just the spectacle of it but this is you know it's a i'm sure you guys have been talking about this but you know it's a time and a place um it's you know it's interesting it's a bit of a generation gap movie we said in in yesterday's episode this is made for the world war ii generation Mm -hmm. uh and it's interesting if you look at the you know the Academy Awards for 1971. You have basically the movies my parents were rooting for, like Mash and Five Easy Pieces, and you had the movies my grandparents were rooting for, uh, like Airport and Patton. Mm. And uh, yeah. you know this yeah this just has a feel uh, you know George Seaton and all these connections. You know this is this is an old fashioned Hollywood yeah. movie uh, with just some updated you know neat fun stuff. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's like it's like watching the High and the Mighty only yeah. in 1970, it, and uh, it still it still draws you in. I mean, it is uh, the pacing compared to now right. is glacial, but it gives you a little bit more time for character development and understanding what's driving them, what's you know what what's pulling them along in this movie. As as melodramatic as it seems, it's still you, you still manage to believe in the characters and, and it really shows them. you what life, especially air travel, was like 40-some-odd years ago. Yeah. I mean, it really was way more civilized uh, than, it, than it is today. And uh, uh, it's kind of, uh, it's just, it seems almost innocent, you know, how you could just wander out onto a plane like, uh, like uh, Mrs. Ada Quonset did and, uh, you know, stuff that you could never get away with today. 
Not yeah, that any of us want to, by the way, Mr. NSA man. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, it is a, looking yeah. at a lost world. And it's great. You know, it's great. It's nice having a, a little time capsule of, of that period. Um, I don't I really don't think you could make a movie like this today. I mean, well, if you made a movie like this today, it would be uh, there'd be explosions and there'd be a, a, an actual body count bigger than one. So, I mean, well, actually, you'd, you'd see a movie like Flight. I think that's what you'd yeah. see. It would be it would start with uh, it would start with a disaster and work its way backwards. So, um, but yeah, it's a it's great to see. And it's. And it's unusual uh, doing it in this uh, minute by minute format that so many other people have found. You know, you find stuff that you never realized that you were noticing or not noticing in the movie. So it's it's fun doing this uh, on a minute by minute basis with different people from different walks of life seeing this thing. But I we do appreciate love, you being on the show, Brett. It. And hopefully you can come back tomorrow. We can talk some more about uh, Joe Petroni and getting these maintenance guys to do what they're out there and supposed to be doing. We've got a so, bit of a layover. Uh, there'll be a lot we'll be of back uh, tomorrow, basically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to have a, a little bit of Marcus Rathbone action for those of you who have been waiting for to see another uh, another bit of Marcus. <laughs> I uh, know so I have. Join it. Oh, gosh. He is, I, I think he's actually the star <laughs> of the show, and the other people are just the bit players. So, uh, so we'll be back with uh, Marcus tomorrow, but please join us. And if you'd like to comment some more on this particular minute or any other minute, uh, you can reach out to us on a bunch of different uh, social media. You can reach to us at Twitter, Airport Minute. Go to Facebook and look for Airport Minute. Also, if you'd like to leave some uh, uh, feedback on uh, on Facebook, go to our Airport Minute Commanders Club where everybody sits and chats and talks about this stuff. On our great big site, airportminute.com, we have commentary at the bottom of every episode. Plus, we have pictures and addendums and any kind of errata that we've made <laughs> talking about this movie. Yeah, apologies. Uh, you know, tearful uh, interruptions and... Uh, and uh, probably uh, season desist letter. So we will you just ch- check out the individual episodes for more details uh, at airportminute.com. If you'd like to help us out a little bit, and actually if you have never seen this movie and you really need to get yourself a copy, we do have a link to Amazon on every uh, episode page where you can just uh, order a uh, DVD or a, we don't have HD DVDs, but we do have Blu-rays. And you can also get digital versions so that you can deliver it right to your uh, Amazon Kindle or whatever you're watching it on uh, immediately. So you can catch up with us and uh, and follow the first 41 minutes of this movie, and you'll be right up to date. Please do that. Also, if you like to hear this podcast every single day, Monday through Friday, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search out Airport Minute, and uh, you can find us. And I'm sure by the time this is out, you can also look for the uh, Big Trouble in Little China five-minute episodes. Uh, what's that uh, the website again? We're called there, Five Minutes of Trouble, and if you look for us on five minutes of com, and also Five Minutes of Trouble at Facebook. Perfect. Okay, well, there's lots of things for everybody to catch up on and listen to, so please do that, and you'll have uh, a little bit less than 24 hours to get back and hear this stuff, more of this stuff tomorrow. So join us with Mr. Rathbone tomorrow, and until then, good day. Bye. See ya. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. Thank you.